Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Good evening and welcome to the History of Germany podcast. My name's Travis Dow, and it's actually not evening right now. It's uh, it's Christmas morning, and I'm waiting for my wife to get up so I can open presents. But because I am pretty busy right now, I decided to go ahead and translate my interview with Der Budler. He's the host of Angegraben, which is a German archaeological podcast, and Das Geheime Kabinett, the, uh, the secret cabinet, which is a also a German podcast, but it's about kind of historical curiosities, artifacts, and, and that sort of thing, but, but definitely some, some interesting trivia in there and, and items of note. Um, they're both in German. And my interview is originally in German, but as I've done before, I will translate the interview kind of through interpretation. So I'll, I'll hit play on my MP3 player and um, just kind of do it live as I go here. So that might be kind of weird because both interviewer and interviewee are, will be me. But um, the main point for me is the content, so you guys will get the content in English. Um, Der Budla is an interesting character because he lives in Wittenberg and he works at the Martin Luther House, the former convent and, and church where Martin Luther kind of, um, you know, started his, his reformation more or less. And Wittenberg is the city where he first posted the 95 Thesis and nailed them to a door. And that is the subject of the interview. I wanted to give you all a sort of sneak peek of the Reformation. And when I get when I get that far, at, at this pace, uh, it might be a while, but um, I'll definitely talk to the Deb Budla again and probably do another interview on the Reformation and that sort of thing. And I'll definitely do a kind of mini-series on the Reformation when it gets there because that is a very pivotal sort of point in... Uh, German history and kind of a defining cornerstone of German history. You know, even later that became co kind of part of their identity is this this Protestantism and, and Lutheranism, uh, at least in the north, at least for the Prussians. And then, of course, the, the south remained Catholic and, and there's 30 years war and there's all kinds of interesting stuff that happened. Just because I, I don't want to jump into the next miniseries, which will be on the Roman sources and then the Goths and that sort of thing. Uh, I wanted to give you this this sneak preview. So this is um, a little bit of trivia because I, I wondered if there's anything interesting that, that most people might not know about Martin Luther and the 95 Thesis since he actually showed me around Wittenberg. And um, yeah, he did have something. In fact, the, the actual 95 Thesis themselves. So was this... Um, as seen as pivotal at the time, and you know, did it really happen as the historians say? And so that's what this interview is about. When I was in Wittenberg, he actually gave me something from my other show, the History of Alchemy podcast, which I just recorded the other day and, and should be out soon. And that is that we w happened to walk by a house where there was a plaque to Faust. And then he kind of hinted that there was 
that, that National Geographic had been in town and that good stuff is happening. There's good stuff afoot, you know, keep me posted. And sure enough, a couple months later, um, just just a, a month or two ago, there was a National Geographic episode and, and then also a few other newspaper articles and that sort of thing on a discovery of a 16th century alchemist lab. And the interesting thing about that lab is that, first of all, it's the oldest shards and oldest like known alchemical tools for Central Europe, but also it happens to be in Wittenberg at the time when Faust lived. So if, if you'd like to hear more about that and then hear about the episode of Faust and who he was and the legend and, you know, Goethe's Faust and all that, um, go, go over to the History of Alchemy podcast and listen to that. I owe a big one to uh, Del Budla for that because he was, he was the inspiration for that and uh, gave me a bunch, bunch of insight there that made the show a lot richer. So that's that. That's the background. Now to the interview. Again, interviewee and interviewer are both me. So <laughs> bear with me here. If, if there's any confusion, I think the main, the main thing I care about is the content. So um, the actual the story of Martin Luther's 95 thesis. And the original did sound something like this. If if you do speak German, then you know by all means go go and hear the original. He's far more eloquent and knowledgeable than than I will ever be on the subject. Um, but this is what it sounded like in the original. Hallo Travis, danke, dass deine Show wieder mal eingeladen wurde. Ja, da gibt es natürlich eine ganze Menge. Da könnte man natürlich stundenlang reden. But now for my English interpretation of this. Um, basically, there's no real consensus exactly between historians on um, how it happened and, and if it happened and where it happened. So the official version that if, if you've heard this before or if you look this up, that you will hear that on the 31st of October, 1517, Martin Luther went up to the Schlosskirche, the castle church, and nailed his 95 thesis to the door. And the, the 95 thesis kind of became, you know, the cornerstone of Lutheranism or, or Protestantism in general, really, um, of, the, of the Reformation. So basically 95 things that he had an issue with for the Catholic Church and the way the Catholic Church was run locally and um, just some problems he had. And then Luther, of course, is very famous for translating the Bible into German and making it available to common people. And this all went off Went, went off without a hitch, or as well as it did, because of, this was the same time as, as Gutenberg's printing press, and so instead of just, you know, handwriting the Bible, once it was translated to, to German, it spread like wildfire, along with flyers, and I got to see a lot of the originals, and that was that was really interesting when I was there. Um, so, so yeah, I mean, Jan Hus did a very similar thing a hundred years before, and it failed, um, it didn't fail, uh, you know, Czechs are still Protestant because of Jan Hus, but, but there was a crusade against him, and it didn't really spread throughout Europe the way Martin Luther's Reformation did. And Martin, Martin Luther's really stuck. So um, this is, so again, this 31st of October, 1517, is a pivotal moment, and, you know, now kind of celebrated as definitely... Um, you know, the day that the world changed, so to speak, in, in not just Germany, but, but all of Europe, and then, um, you know, Christianity from that point. Uh, you know, there was wars fought and all that sort of thing. But, okay, so let's get back to the 95 Thesis. Again, there's no consensus, and there's a few interesting theories, so, so here we go. So obviously, originally, it just kind of says, you know, on this date... Now begins the Reformation, before that is the Middle Ages, and now it's Reformation, you know. 
but of course reality is a lot more difficult and complicated and there's some doubts about the actual German has a word Anschlag like the actual hitting of the nails into the door so you know again up until even the 1960s it was just assumed that Martin Luther walked up to the Schlosskirche the castle church and you know just nailed his thesis to the door so I asked if there were some indications that maybe that didn't happen the way it was, and and um, De Baudelaire's answer was that, well, you know, there are some doubts, because first of all, we don't actually have the original 95 thesis, there's no, um, you know, piece of paper with nail holes in it. Um, there's, there's, you know, it obviously some event happened because of the significant events that happened after that, um, but that original piece of paper is missing, which would be great if that actually existed. And no one really knows if it was printed or um, if it was handwritten. And even if you take the traditional historical um, account at face value, he might have not even, you know, nailed the, the thesis on himself because even then he was a professor, so he would have had his lackeys that would have done that for him. Or you could have given it to the landlord who would have done that, you know, the, the church cur curator. And what's interesting is that this wouldn't have been so weird because the church door was sort of a blackboard for announcements and that sort of thing. Um, just like you see at universities today, you know, somebody's, um, especially for uh, dissertations and, and um, defending of dissertations, so they would nail the announcements to the door saying, at this and this time, this dissertation will happen, come and bring your pro or against arguments, that sort of thing. So not in the modern sense of like, here's your bicycle for sale or room to rent, but still, it was a blackboard. Um, and not just that church, but the castle church, but also like the uh, courthouse door and that sort of thing. People often, you know, hung their announcements. This is pre-internet days and you need to um, make announcements public somehow. And that's what these doors were used as. It's just a, a practical purpose. So I asked, okay, so there would be a lot of things hanging on those doors, right? Like, and the point is, is that because if you watch a movie by Martin Luther, uh, if you watch a movie about Martin Luther, um, in fact, my German professor was a one of the producers of the film Luther. Um, then you just kind of see an empty door where Martin Luther marches up and and nails his 95 thesis onto an empty door. So even that's historically and historically inaccurate. You would see you know other announcements and other you know dissertation announcements and that sort of thing. So the Buddha points out, yeah, it must have been you know from top to bottom covered in other notes and that sort of thing. So you got to you got to think like, okay, so um, when you make an announcement for the a dissertation, then you also hang up, okay, so here's the, the, the theses of the dissertation, and here's what we're going to talk about. So again, 95 thesis would have fit right on there, you know, again, it's so people could prepare for the dissertation. But on the other hand, there are some people that say this might not be the best place um, to hang your 95 thesis, because the castle church is actually kind of a little bit out of the way. You know, it was in the castle, so not everybody could just march up and, and, and look at the castle church door. Um, it was a little bit out of the way. There was the castle gate. Um, not everybody had access. So it wasn't the most public place to hang it. And I saw a model of this when I was in Wittenberg. So yeah, I mean, there's a, there's a castle gate. It's not publicly accessible. And then also, Luther never mentioned it himself. So if it was really so important, why didn't Luther himself talk about the 95 Thesis? He mentioned the 95 Thesis, he even wrote to his um, boss, so to speak, that, uh, you know, here's 95 Thesis, here's, here's what I believe, I've, you know, I've attached this to the, to the letter, um, you know, what do you think? But he didn't actually mention nailing them to the castle church.
And, you know, and, and again, the 95 Thesis was about indulgences and, you know, selling indulgences by the church. And so, so Luther, even in a letter, was saying, okay, here's my problems with the church and here's what they're doing. You know, buying your sins, within, buying your, your forgiveness from sins with indulgences. So why, why would he nail it on a door if he could just, you know, attach it to a, to a letter and send it out by post? And Martin Luther was in Wittenberg the whole time, 1517, except for a short period right before October where he went to Kembeck, where he supposedly um, had some cons consultation with one of his friends, and especially about the indulgences. And then his friend kind of said, well, we should do something against these indulgences. And But he was talking as if this had already happened. So as if um, Martin Luther had sent his thesis out kind of through official channels, as in by post, not, not nailing it on a door. And then that's why his friend in Kembeck already knew about this, knew about the 95 Thesis. So I asked, okay, so how did the story get started? How, why do we believe this today? And, of course, the official version of the story kind of, you know, came about a little bit later, and because it's just it's great symbolism, you know, Luther... Luther gets mad and he walks up to the church door and, you know, with, with hammers and nails in his hands and, you know, he, he strikes up the thing, just like in the movie Luther, more or less. So it's a strong image. And another factor that comes into play is that the, universi the University of Wittenberg was kind of competing with the University of Leipzig. And, and the first time that this really was celebrated the, the, was actually at the 100-year university in 1617. And this was at the time when Leipzig and Wittenberg, those universities, were really kind of competing with one another. So Wittenberg said, well, you know, we're the, the Luther city. Um, and, you know, and so they celebrated this, this famous day now. So only 100 years later did that date, the 31st of October, become an, um, an important date uh, in kind of Lutheranism or Protestantism. Before that, actually, the, the Worms Day was more important when, when Martin Luther was in Worms hiding out and, and translating the Bible and that sort of thing. So, you know, Wittenberg themselves, the University of Wittenberg, kind of celebrated or made this, this the, the 95 Thesis Day more important. And, in, you know, in Worms, there's also a huge memorial for this. So, And another interesting factor is that, of course, in Worms, you get um, that Luther was against the emperor, the Kaiser. And this doesn't really fit in the 19th century um, story because, um, you know, they, they didn't really want to emphasis, emphasize Luther and, the, and his, his disagreement with the Kaiser. Because at the time, Luther obviously had to fight the Catholic Kaiser and overcome him and that sort of thing. But when you have the Prussian emperors of the 19th century, you know, they heralded Luther and, and praised him. And again, you know, um, you even have people like Bismarck and Wilhelm I saying that Luther is a cornerstone of the German, of what it means to be German. So Worms didn't really fit with that because Worms, you know, in Worms, he was against the emperor. So uh, Wittenberg became much more important because, you know, there he was just against the Catholic Church. And this was before um, the the local princes and, and the emperor and all that got involved. So, um, again, so this became even more important in the, in the Prussian, the, the second empire, the, the, you know, the second Reich. Um, so Wittenberg became more important than Worms even because, you know, so the 95 Thesis was kind of um, emphasized, let's say. But again, there was, you know, even the people that wrote about the 95 Thesis, there was, he wasn't an eyewitness, the original, the oldest source we have. So in 1960s, um, there was a Catholic historian that said, ha, huh, well, this actually didn't happen at all. And he threw some doubt um, in Wittenberg's way. 
um, of the 95 Thesis, and then all the historians kind of jumped on the bandwagon and said, oh, okay, so that, that didn't happen at all. Um, obviously, you know, Luther, Luther, obviously Luther had a huge impact, but historians distanced themselves from the historic event of the 95 Thesis. But recently there was a find here in Wittenberg at the Luther House, and one of the co-workers, let's say, or one of the contemporaries of Martin Luther, um, they just recently found an interesting note from him. And in the manuscript of the uh, Bible translation, uh, they, they found a little historical kind of footnote, let's say, in Latin, 31st of October, 1517. And it says that that is the day that Martinus Luther, Lutherus, whatever, his Latinized version, um, brought the... 95 Thesis to the doors of the churches of Wittenberg, so plural. So that's kind of interesting or exciting because that means that it's not just, he didn't just go to the, uh, the Schloss church, but all the churches. So there's the city church and there's the monastery church, Franciscan monastery, and the, and the old uh, Augustiner monastery. So more like four or five 95 Theses. And also, it's possible that it wasn't nailed to the door, but kind of pasted to the door, like glued to the door, or even even using wax to seal it to the door. So even just, you know, the picture of him hammering away at the door, um, there's, there's all kinds of little aspects of the story that, that might not be accurate, you know, that don't quite paint this strong picture. Um, so, it, but it still could have been more, uh, all the churches in town, and it could have been glued to all the churches in, in town. Um, so there is some evidence, uh, you know, now we do have a contemporary of Luther mentioning it, um, and that's, that's a pretty new find. But so there's, there's definitely more than one possibility, um, which is, you know, kind of often the case, but the actual, uh, you know, nailing the, the thesis to the door with a hammer is, might not be anything more than a strong symbolic image, but that is obviously why, you know, people kind of prefer it. So that's, that's why you, you see that in all the paintings and portraits and, um, you know, depictions of Luther, because that's the biggest picture, that's the strongest image. Um, but you don't hear any contemporaries mentioning that exactly per se. So I just kind of summarized. Um, so either it didn't happen at all, it happened on the castle church the way that, you know, the, the, the story goes, or it happened on all the churches, or it was just glued on in, in any of those varieties, let's say. And then there's another uh, possibility that um, De Budla brought up, which is it happened, but not on the 31st of, of October, that it might have actually happened later. So I asked De Budla, okay, what is, what is your official take on this? What, what do you believe? What, what do you think happened? And, and he said, okay, well, first of all, let me, let me just um, emphasize that I'm uh, doing this interview as a private, private citizen, not as a, um, not as a representative of the Luther, of the, the Luther house, but... His take is, why don't we just wait and, and see what other finds might be out there and if we can see more evidence for, for one way or the other. But obviously that's almost beside the point because the point is that, that the effect of the 95 Thesis is more important than the actual historic events because um, things happened um, accordingly as if, that had, as if the 95 Thesis had been nailed to the door as everyone believes. Um, the, the, the wars following and the rebellions and the Reformation. Um, so again, the, the legend might be larger than life, but um, people reacted on the legend more than the actual historic events, and that's what's important. Something definitely happened, so, but probably the biggest, most significant uh, factor in all of that was probably the, the flyers and 
um, things like the printing press that happened after that date, um, rather than the original 95 thesis that only people in Wittenberg would have seen anyways. So, and, and I gotta say, at the Lutherhaus, there was, you know, dozens of flyers and that sort of thing, um, originals, and then even, even years later, um, so this, this was a real, a real kind of information campaign that happened afterwards, and that obviously had a much stronger effect than someone nailing a piece of paper to a door. But of course, if you need a nice date, well, the, the 31st of October works as well as any others. And of course, you know, keep and watch out for 2017 because there's going to be a huge 500-year uh, jubileum in, in Wittenberg. So anyways, I hope you found that was interesting. Um, I think a lot of people learned something there, and um, I, I always like the kind of lesser-known maybe like trivia aspects of history so and again that was just a quick little sneak peek when we talk about martin luther later and the and the reformation and jan hos and all that so and i'd like to thank the Budla again for coming on my show and i definitely hope we'll we'll uh we'll talk to each other again and maybe someday i'll be a guest at angekraben the, the german archaeological podcast so thank you very much for listening Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.